Well, how fun to come on the radio after a postseason game that saw a couple ejections, that saw some chippiness. You know, Hunter Hughes, playoff basketball. It's what we want. Right. I love it. Yeah. I mean, do we need the ejections? Yeah. But, you know, I mean, when when you've got your playoff lives on the line, and in the case of the Brooklyn yeah. Nets, that's kind of exactly how it's felt. Yeah. Um, you're you're going to battle. And we had our, our Draymond Green moments in this game that you just heard. That was Mark Kestisher with the call just moments ago on ESPN Honolulu. Um our Draymond Green moments, and we'll get to Draymond in a moment because yeah. he had a text message that has uh, – not a text message. He had a, a tweet, tweet. Yep. that has me a little bit baffled. But there are a couple of plays in this game that are going to be talked about here for the next couple of days. Um, you've got the uh, James Harden ejection with the uh, midsection shot. He was ejected. You had uh, Joel Embiid, who was on the ground – High leg kick up was not ejected uh, in that game. So let, let's start there. Uh, by the way, we are at Beer Lab Hawaii. Hunters join me because um, you just live right down the road. So. And you, you were talking about all this, you know, going back to long distance relationship. And <laughs> I I'd said not on my watch, my friend. <laughs> this is your last day you're going to see me for another That's couple right. of weeks. That, so that, that is correct. Might, yes. might as well get your last day in. Um, but let, let's start with the uh, Joel Embiid play. He's down on the ground. Um, and he's got, I think it's Nick Claxton right over him, yeah. who's given a technical foul, uh-huh. and Embiid brings his leg up very high like a rocket just on the ground right near the midsection of Claxton. Okay. He's given a flagrant one, Claxton a tee, because Claxton was standing right over him, which led to that play. So from your perspective, did the referees get that right with uh, with no ejection of flagrant one? Uh, I don't think a flagrant was was worthy in that moment. Claxton uh, caught an alley-oop and dunked over Embiid and then pers- to step over him, very similar to Allen Iver- Iverson stepping over Tyron Lue. Mm. And it's widely considered in basketball now, if someone does that, that is a huge no-no. Yeah. And so I'm glad they gave a tech to Claxton. And if you go back and watch it, Josh, in slow motion versus real time, all Embiid is trying to do is get – Claxton off of him. I don't believe he's actually trying to kick the guy, uh-huh. but Embiid, um, kind of by perception, looks like a very long individual, and those long legs appear to be swinging up over Claxton's head, so it looks like he's kicking. I don't think he actually was. You know, I, I think it's hard um, when you're on the ground, there, there can be a self-defense angle. I mean, sure. the thing we don't know is we don't know what – if any intent there was. So that's kind of hard. But I think right now the NBA is a little bit on high alert with how much attention the Draymond Green situation got, uh, which led to him suspension. That, yeah, the officials um, are in the back of their minds, whether they were in the game or not, when looking at a play that is not entirely similar, but it does feature someone on the ground and it does feature to somewhere near sensitive area. So, I get it, and and I also think in in that sense, um, you're trying to control the game at that point. It's early. It's the first quarter. You don't want to let the game get out of control. Unfortunately, it didn't stop the game right. from getting out of control, but it did to a degree. Um, got about a minute here, so let's look at the James Harden one. Okay. James Harden with the ball in his hands, kind of leans in, forearm right to the midsection yeah. of a Brooklyn Nets defender. He gets ejected for that move. Your thought? Didn't think it was worthy of an ejection. 
his intention there was his shoulder. Mm-hmm. He's trying to create that separation for his patented two-step step back. <laughs> two-step um, step back. And that hand <laughs> happened to go a little bit below the belt. I think, in my opinion, he was selling it a little bit. With, uh, the oh, defender. Yeah, the defender from, from Brooklyn. Um, they're, they're being sensitive, though, right now, for sure, in the playoffs. They do not want another Draymond situation on their hands. I doubt we will see a hardened suspension for their next game. I don't think you'll see any suspension for, for those next games. It'd be ridiculous if it was. Yeah, I think these. I think you can separate these incidents from, from what happened the other night. I, mm. I will say, though, I did think Harden deserved that one. Um, you know... I, I felt like it was a little egregious with the way he kind of moved into him. Huh. It, it, I felt like it was a little bit much. Um, and given the sensitivities of that game, you just have to know better. Yeah. Close game, you need to know better than to even put yourself in that spot. So I, I thought that was uh, that was warranted. Uh, we'll talk more about this and the Draymond Green tweet that is uh, pretty questionable coming up after traffic sports center on the way as well. Off the bench, ESPN Honolulu. ESPN. Coming up, uh, Draymond Green and his tweet basically saying, hey, uh, good luck to you if you win, but uh, you're not beating LeBron. That's his message to the Sacramento Kings. Time for, Good time for that message, too. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, texter from the 221, Draymond Green's situation going to be the baseline call for the playoffs? That's uh, that texter's question. Hmm. I mean, it has to be. Um when you have a play that definitely is on that, the preventative side, yeah. When you have yeah. a play that's that controversial, because it's the first one, that's right? Um, it is by default the the baseline, and it's not not like for every play, but I think a play involving like Embiid, for example, yeah. I think it's kind of the baseline for that. It, it's not the baseline for what got James Harden ejected, and it's not the baseline for Nick Claxton getting two T's for his taunting and stuff that yeah. got him out. Uh-huh. But I think any play that is similar that involves uh, a foot, that involves kicking, um, will have to be the baseline. The only difference that I will I will present to that is stepping down yeah. versus kicking up yeah. are two totally different things. Well, that was going to be my point. I felt like Draymond's action was by far the most egregious. Mm-hmm. It was done with the intention to cause hurt. Yeah. Which I think was one of the bases for them ruling him out for game three. Right. Um, I didn't feel like Embiid's was trying to harm or hurt. And honestly, neither was Harden's. Um, Although he did catch him below the belt. And if anyone's ever had that happen to them, it doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. So um, that that, might have just been out of courtesy to that Brooklyn defender. Hey. That's, that, that, that's not going to fly. Yeah, no. Uh, by the way, DeMontis Sabonis is playing uh, for Sacramento. Mm. Uh, there was some concern after the suspension was announced the other night that they had announced a, a potential injury to him. But he's playing. He's played eight minutes. He's got, uh, where is he, four points, four rebounds, two assists in eight and a half minutes. And Sacramento is down 23-17 there in the first quarter. We're watching that one. Uh, if you want to come by, because we're doing uh, extra innings tonight at 6 o'clock with uh, Hawaii baseball coach Rich Hill. While we're doing that, I mean, we got Sacramento and Golden State on the big screen. So that's pretty cool uh, that we get to watch basketball while, uh, while doing the show. Phoenix and Clippers, by the way, a little bit later on. In fact, that's just about to tip off the story there. No Kawhi Leonard uh, for the Clippers. A knee sprain that he re-aggravated in game one. Mm-hmm. So no Kawhi Leonard. 
no Paul George in a series that's even at one game apiece in L.A. All right, um, let's go to the Draymond Green tweet that was sent a little, uh, couple of hours ago because he is suspended for this game. I don't know where he's currently watching it. I think the last time Draymond was suspended, I was watching a video, he was next door at uh, the Coliseum uh, in, you know, because the Oakland Coliseum was next door to the Oracle Arena. Yeah. This is before they made the move to the Chase Center. And the last time he got suspended for a postseason game, he and uh, Warriors GM Bob Myers was watching the game from the next door venue, uh, which is kind of wow. eh, kind of like cheating the system. But uh, this is Draymond earlier today on Twitter, and I quote, All you Sacramento Kings fans better shut up. Shut up in capital letters. Even if you get past us, there's no way you get past Braun. That's on Lobos at King James. And then the crying smiley face emoji, three of those uh, right after that. Uh, this guy's a moron. <laughs> this guy's a moron uh-huh. at this point. This is um, – I, I, I almost – okay, before I go there. Sacramento is by far the underdog in this situation. Yeah. Even if they are right now the better team, Sacramento is the you know ugly stepchild to Golden State, if you will. Yeah, it's almost like any state school versus the big school. It's Michigan State versus Michigan, yeah. Oklahoma State against Oklahoma. If you're Oklahoma, you don't talk trash against Oklahoma State. You let them bury themselves in their own grave. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? This is a three-time champion duping down to the level of the underdog. It's amateur. It is so amateur. It's petty. This guy sounds incredibly insecure to me, Josh, Mm -hmm. which I'm like, why are you? You're a three-time champion. You're the reigning champion. What are you insecure about? It sounds like a a barking dog that needs attention right now. I. Man, it's a dog that barks until you go over there and, and play with the toy, but then the, they don't want to give you the toy. You know how some, my my dogs like that? They they have the toy, they bark because they want you to play with them, but they're like, no, you're not ripping the toy away from me. And then stomps on you when you're on the ground. <laughs> my dog's about twenty pounds. Okay, won't stop. That well, stomp won't well, hurt too well, bad. Well, step on me. Are you are you getting X-rays after that stomp, Josh? Uh, no, no, definitely not. Um, Zabonis shouldn't have either, by the way. But you make a good point, though. I mean, this is this is kind of stooping down to the level. But they haven't been in the playoffs in what, fifteen years? Along those lines, yeah. I mean, what this is this is Draymond promoting his brand. Um, he knows exactly what he's doing. Like this has all the looks of an amateur tweet. This has all the looks of pettiness. It is all of that, and it certainly is. Uh, but we know that Draymond is an attention seeker. Mm. We know that he's got a podcast that he constantly does, even in the playoffs. I mean, his podcast doesn't stop. And we know he wants to get people's attention to him. So I, I, I feel like this was kind of calculated. It was like, all right, um, you want to talk about me? Well, let me give you something else to, something else to talk about me with. Yeah. So you know you can you can let all uh, all your energy out on that, um, you know, and and not worry so much about the game. But keep talking about me. I love it. Keep bringing the smoke. Keep bringing it toward me. I love the attention. It's only going to fuel me more when I come back in game four because I know in game four, 
I'm at home. I don't have to worry about you guys. Not till game five. See, th- this you is worry about it then. This is kind of seeping into Lamar Ball land mm-hmm. or Jake Paul oh, Lavar land. Ball. Um, I can't believe you went there. Just the the guys that are has nots that need this attention to be haves. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Draymond's already a have. Mm-hmm. He's a part of one of the the greatest dynasties in modern basketball. Um and I don't I understand the marketing side of it, Josh. To me the timing of this it's almost as if he knows that his time at Golden State is coming to a close. Yeah. And he's churning up enough soot in the water for him to kind of bring some some of that attention with him wherever he goes next. Thing is though, I don't think that works. It's not a strategy I would go for. Yeah. It just it it just seems like in in the moment um let's distract let's call some of the attention away. And honestly, you know, the other thing it does, it takes the attention away from his team. That's right. That, that To me, I'm really curious what his motive is or his agenda here because if there is mass appeal, it's mass annoyance that he's getting. <laughs> That's his brand. Who's buying annoyance? Uh, Golden State Warriors fans. That's good. That, Lord. That's the thing is there is a market – for who that works toward like mm. but it, but that's only your market that uh, you know um it is certainly for sure liked amongst people in the league um he's got a lot of supporters who play across the league yeah um i i don't think we as much matter as far as you know whether we like it or not i think he's got supporters um in his own league but i i do wonder how much support he has on his own team I don't know that this goes across as something that a locker room would really enjoy having to read about. Um, you know, and, and his acts, I think, in kind of just he's called out Steve Kerr. Yeah. You know, his whole thing with Kevin Durant when Kevin Durant was on the team. Well, you know, I, I actually support Draymond in that. Okay. In that one. Um, the, the year before Durant came over there, they beat Durant when they were down 3-1. to one. I remember this very well. My family were sitting up in the nosebleeds of that Western Conference Finals in Oklahoma City, and we had that series won. And then the very next year, Durant jumps over to the enemy yeah. from our perspective yeah. and joins them when, in, in our mind at that time after they had just won the championship, was the weakest move in modern sports. I really feel that way. I feel it that strongly. Durant was at that level, at that time, one of the best in the entire world, mm-hmm. right up there with LeBron. They didn't need him to win, although he helped them in years later. To me, I'm completely on Draymond Green's side where they won before him and they won after him. So now, to your credit, it did stir up some some thoughts of, oh, maybe Draymond Green isn't just this nice kind of beefy guy in the middle that we, <laughs> we like to root for. On uh, th- right. th- There might be more going on here. Right. Um, yeah, I... I don't know though. The the Kevin Durant stuff is is the pencil for me, Josh. If if you bring that up from that era, that that definitely gets me and my folks going. Uh, texter from the eight six four. I I'm gonna have to amend this, um, but basically says Draymond is an a double dollar sign. You can fill the rest. 
I didn't go to private school in Hawaii. I'm gonna need to probably spell that one out. Here, I'll just I'll just show you. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Don't I'm just kidding. Don't don't make me go with the text that was ridiculous <laughs> in half there that really go. did not sound like that when I read it. I'm not gonna get myself in trouble again. Um, but you know what? Sometimes to to that texter's yeah. what what he says. Sometimes uh-huh. sometimes a team needs that. Yeah. However, however you feel about them, sometimes there is a team that needs the that. Dylan Brooks, the Pat Beverleys, yeah. the Draymond Greens, the Rodmans, the, the Russell Westbrook, the Westbrooks. Like there is that guy out there, and if you don't know who it is, it's probably you, or you don't have one. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes you don't want to be that guy, to be honest. In the real world, if you're that guy, you get fired. That is that is true. That is uh, sports. We know doesn't off, doesn't always <laughs> often resemble the real world. Uh, we'll we'll keep following these playoff games uh, with uh, Sacramento Golden State underway, Clippers Phoenix underway. Uh, we'll keep following all that as we go along. Coming up a little bit later, uh, Bellator MMA tickets. Bellator two ninety five mm-hmm. coming up on Saturday. There is news from Bellator two ninety four, which is tomorrow. The main event has changed. Well, not the matchup, but the stakes have mm. changed in the main event because uh, the contender missed weight. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. So Bellator tickets to give away for Saturday. Uh, Evan Silverstein is going to join us coming up in about 45 minutes because this weekend, if you're looking for something to do, the uh, Big West Beach Volleyball Championships is going down at Queens Beach. Fun. I mean – no offense to um, to the men's volleyball championship, which is going on right now in Irvine, California, at the Brand Event Center. If you want to watch any of that, uh, Canola and C-Mac are up on uh, Spectrum Sports right now taking care of that. No offense to that, but there is probably no better place to hold a championship than literally on a beach. The beach. <laughs> yeah. Waikiki Beach. Yes. Yes. Um, I have walked by, uh-huh. um, not the Big West Championship, but I've, I've walked by um, a previous time when they've had beach volleyball there when UH is hosted. Um, it is, it, 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 it just looks lively. Oh, yeah. It's, it's fun. Uh, but that starts tomorrow, so we'll get a preview of that with Coach Silverstein, uh, an opportunity for, uh, for Hawaii to go on to the NCAAs if they can nice. pull through here. So. Uh, all of that is coming up. Uh, we'll get a look at traffic here. Off the bench, Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco. We're at Beer Lab. We're both here at Beer Lab here at the uh, University Tap Room. It's ESPN Honolulu. Every once in a while, we like to uh, dial back the time machine. Yeah. What we wish we had. Money. <laughs> I'm about ready to jump into the uh, minor leagues, bro, after seeing the, their, uh, the, their recent added uh, um, pay structure down there, man. Oh, that's you right. You remember that conversation? I do. Yeah. I do. Uh, and the awkward conversation that's we had right. after that. That's exactly right. It is, off, it, it is off the bench here <laughs> on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, we are at uh, Beer Labs University Tap Room. Uh, right below, uh, right below the university, right below uh, varsity. Uh, we're here because extra innings with Rich Hills coming up in about 58 minutes. And Hunter, you live in the area, so you said, 
Why the heck not? I'll just show up and, and make sure I get one final FaceTime with you before uh, there we go. Uh, before I leave for two weeks. So yeah. thanks for coming by. Absolutely. Um, coming up, Evan Silverstein, who is the uh, UH Beach Volleyball coach. We'll talk to him at the bottom of the hour ahead of the uh, Big West Beach Volleyball Championship. We've got Bellator tickets to give away. In fact, I did tease earlier, uh, there is news on the main event for tomorrow night, hmm. uh, which we'll get to coming up in a little bit. Um, you are one of our football guys. There is football going on. Uh, XFL is getting into the postseason. Uh, you've got the USFL, which is just underway. I'm curious. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I did catch a few minutes of the USFL this weekend returning for season two, by the way. Um, since the old USFL, it's the first spring – well, I guess that wasn't a spring league at the time. Uh, but the first spring league to come back for a second season in a row yeah. being the USFL. Um, I'm, I'm curious, have you found yourself uh, paying attention or, uh, or watching any of those uh, spring football leagues? I have not watched a down of USFL. That's okay. It's, all, it's only weekend number one, so it's only four games. Last year included. Oh, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> since it's been around. Um, XFL? A very, very small amount. And unfortunately, Josh, I know many of the people that are playing in these games in the XFL. Uh It's not enough for... We've talked to one in Cole McDonald. That's exactly right. Um, Outside of checking up on him, uh, another friend, Jordan Ta'amu. Yeah. um, I have a former coach, John Estes. Oh, that's right. At Houston. Um, So my personal connections with guys in the XFL is is through the roof, Josh. However, the the spring is not the season for football, unfortunately. I'm not thinking about it. I'm thinking about basketball at this time of the year. I'm thinking about baseball. I'm thinking about golf. Yeah. April rolls around. I'm thinking about one thing, the Masters. So it's one of those things where they – I know that they're doing a lot of fun stuff. Um, I think what the Rock and – that whole executive team is doing with that league over there with the XFL. I know you're talking USFL. Right. Um, it's really fun. It's really new uh, in a lot of ways, cutting edge. But I, I got other stuff on my mind, unfortunately. It's it, that's interesting. Um, I have watched – I uh, how much of the USFL did I watch? I, I watched maybe – a couple of plays of the first game yeah. of the USFL. Uh, I think it was their return to Memphis. Mm. Uh, Memphis as a team again, and so I was like, ah, okay, fine. Um, you know, I'll, I'll I'll see what it looks like. And I mean, I've given the XFL a, a more of a chance. I mean, yeah, we know a, a few guys who yeah. are playing both coach, you know, coaching as well. Um, but I feel like when I watch those games, I actually feel like I. You know, the, the football is interesting, and, and you're learning a little bit about the football um, and the different rules and all of that. But the engagement is there. Yeah. And, I, and I'm not I'm not talking about getting to hear from Dean Blandino in a replay. I'm not talking about the interviews with players and coaches during the game because I actually don't like it. Mm. Um, but the engagement I'm talking about is the fan engagement. Like, I watch a UX, uh, uh, an XFL game, and... I see a crowd, a fan base that actually enjoys being there, that actually wants to be there. Yeah. Um, you know, the USFL, to to its detriment last year, played all their games at a neutral site. 
And because they played all their neutral games, uh, all the games in a neutral site, they never really got to build a fan base in any of those locations. Sure. Now you're playing some games at home, some games are at a neutral site, some, you know, you might have double headers on a weekend or something. It, it's it's all over the place. Um, but the moment for me was when I turned on that first game, uh, that USFL opener, and, you know, they the, the other thing that was kind of weird about it was last year, they made such a big deal about the USFL's opener that they broadcasted on two networks. They simulcast the game on Fox and NBC because Fox practically owns it and sublicensed some of the rights, and so they wanted to make it a big deal, so that's what they did. They, you know, Two networks combining to air the same game, same uh-huh. broadcasters, all that stuff. They didn't do it this time around. They had it just on Fox. It was Memphis uh, returning, playing at practically, you know, the Liberty, Liberty Stadium, yeah. College Stadium. Um the first shot that they had into the broadcast of the team coming out in its return since the old USFL, and what do you see behind the team as they come out onto the field? Empty bleachers. Yeah. Um, and then you look, and, and, and this is the empty bleachers, like, behind end zone view. And then you, you get another shot of the, the sideline bleachers, and it's like, barely filled and I immediately thought yeah this isn't for me it's not about the football I mean I, I don't know half of these guys yeah. um, but it's just you you can't get me to pay attention to something that even people there don't want to pay attention to like you got spring football and you got a return of a professional fr- quote unquote professional franchise and I'm willing to bet you didn't even get you know you didn't, you didn't get many people there in the stands. I don't even think they released the box office number, and I frankly I don't know that they should, but uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't good. I mean, go play in Europe. They play in the spring. Yeah. If if these guys are looking for okay, some of these guys that are looking for an opportunity to get back to the NFL, sure, stay in the XFL or USFL. Because to me, even though it's not an official minor league feeder. Mm-hmm. It's the closest thing that we have to it. And film at one of those leagues is probably going to be worth a little bit more than somewhere over in Europe. However, as someone who did play in France, you can play in front of a packed house. It's, it's a great time over there. Um, uh, they're longing for the opportunity to watch American football. Right. Um, and if you have talent and you have um, the, the want, the desire – Man, I, I try to tell everybody who will listen over at UH, hey, if it doesn't work out the next level, go give Europe a try. It's a phenomenal experience. I You're making me miss NFL Europe, by the way. Yeah. Um, by the way, they said the attendance was an estimated 15,000. They don't <laughs> they don't release um, they don't they don't release figures for attendance for, for USFL games. An estimated 15,000, the capacity of Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium is 58,325. It almost it almost sounds like and actually it sounds worse than um, a 50,000 seat Aloha Stadium and you might have 20,000 uh there watching the game. Maybe. Yeah, that's why I say that might have been the the old Aloha Stadium might have been better in that regard. Um but I'm interested in, in hearing from you. You can text and you can call in at 808-296-1420. Um if you are one of those that uh, you've, you've been watching some of the spring football. 
Uh, is the USFL interesting to you? Is the XFL interesting to you? Um, and, and why is either of those interesting or uninteresting to you? I got a question. Yeah. If you change the rules, not okay, not all the rules, but one that I'm I'm looking at right now, and that's with hitting. Okay. okay? The game of football has changed so much in the last five years because they're trying to keep players safer. They're trying to eliminate concussions, CTE, all that stuff. If you took away some of those restrictions on hitting, I think you would probably get more of an audience. Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, the USFL did have some rules changes that they announced before the season, and one of them was kind of bringing back the kickoff return. Okay. Whereas if you watch the US, the, the XFL your your kickoffs, your your lines, you know, your your quote unquote lines on on the kicking receiving teams are stationary. Yeah, they're stationary at a certain point. I want to say it's the twenty five or the thirty. Um, once the ball is touched by the receiver, then you can move um, in an effort to try to yeah. you know replace the the downhill forward movement potential for some really hard hits. Yeah. But the USFL is bringing back the regular kickoff. See, I like that. Okay. I like opportunities for a little bit of nostalgia of, hey, at least I saw someone knock some other dude into another another planet. Mm-hmm. Um, where some would say, oh, that, that's what's horrible about football. Well, th- th- there's a large audience that really misses that style of play. Right. That's to a lot of us that played football, what make what made it fun and made it special. So I almost wonder if they marketed it towards that. You could garner some of the nostalgia football fans that miss that hard-hitting roughness yeah. of the game that's kind of being um, phased out. One thing, by the way, that the USFL did adopt that the XFL has, but a little bit different, the XFL has in the fourth quarter, instead of an onside kick, you can do that fourth and 15. That's right. Um, the USFL did some, is doing something a little bit different. They're fourth and 12 from the 33. Um, and if you make the first down, you keep the ball. You don't, obviously, you give the ball away. Kind of like the XFL, fourth and 15. You keep it. You continue on. I think it's fourth and 13, fourth and 15 from the 25, I okay. think it is. Either way, yeah. Um, you know, trying to create an alternative to the onside kick, which doesn't always get recovered. Um, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think that they're probably testing both sides of it um, to prove their value to the NFL because both these leagues are not only feeder for players, they're also a testing ground for rules. Right. Um, and so that's probably even been advised from the NFL of we'll try one league at the 25 and we'll try the other league at the 33. To- and, and the NFL does have like an agreement with the XFL. Yep. So I, I don't know with the USFL, but it, it looks like they do you know, distinctly with the XFL on some experimental rules. It's probably for them to get increased data in a, in a quicker fashion to make um, kind of some, some alternative plan adjustments down the road. Now, I would be shocked, Josh, if that rule got to the NFL because that mm. would drastically change the game. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. Um, I, I they took away the onside kick, and then brought in almost a circusy. Mm-hmm. You get to keep the ball if you you land this hail mary. That that would not feel like football to me. Yeah, for sure. Um, coming up, there is a show that's going to be on PBS Hawaii tonight. It's Insights. Um, 
you know, we don't know a lot about what's going to be covered, but I, I, I want to ask you if, what you want to know. If you're to watch the show tonight at 7.30, okay. um, you know, I, I'm curious what you want to learn, what you want to know uh, from that show. So we'll, we'll talk about that here in a few. But I do want to give away tickets to uh, Bellator 295, uh, which is coming up on Saturday uh, on Showtime. Uh, but also at the Neil Blaze Dell Arena. Mm-hmm. Elie Malay McFarlane is uh, the co-main event there against Kano Watanabe. Uh, so we'll take caller number five there at uh, 808-296-1420. Call in. Caller number five is going to get uh, two tickets to that Bellator event coming up on Saturday. That one's a big one. So uh, we'll, get, we'll tell you who wins that coming up here in just a moment. And uh, while we wait for that, I want to tell people about Athletes. It's our new series on our digital platforms at ESPNHonolulu.com and on our YouTube channel uh, featuring Cole Malsoff talking to uh, Pupu Sepulona and Shanson Revuelto of St. Louis and uh, good food from Pioneer Saloon. Check that out. Uh, it's brought to you by Central Pacific Bank where people like banking. Traffic, ticket winners, and uh, a little bit on the Aloha Stadium special tonight. That's coming up. It's off the bench, ESPN Honolulu. All right, Leonard from Honolulu is going off to uh, Bellator 295 Saturday at the Neil Blaze Dell Arena. Congratulations to Leonard. Uh, he's got a couple of tickets. Your next chance to win tomorrow morning with Chris Hart and Gary Dickman, the sports animals in the morning on ESPN Honolulu. All right, we got uh, less than two minutes here. Evan Silverstein's coming up in a little while. Uh, PBS Hawaii tonight has yeah. got a special from 730 to 830. It's called What's Up with Aloha Stadium. This is their description. We don't know a bunch more than oh, this. Oh, boy. But they say... Uh, Aloha Stadium has been closed for more than two years. Fans said a final goodbye in February. The initial plan to replace the stadium included an entertainment district with hotel rooms, retail outlets, housing units, and more. Then that plan was put on hold, and then it came back with a different twist, and then things kind of stopped. So we're asking, what's up with Aloha Stadium? That's the question tonight. Uh, for you, uh, if you're watching tonight, what are you, what are you looking forward to knowing? I don't know who's going to be on it, but what are, you, what are you looking forward to knowing? Anything definitive. <laughs> <laughs> literally anything definitive uh-huh. when they're going to tear it down when they're maybe planning on okay before even planning on rebuilding have they gotten a contractor selected mm-hmm. um well i don't think they'll have the rfp done, okay so. has legislature created a vision that was shared Do you remember that was the whole thing they right. haven't been able to agree on a shared vision for what this looks like so to me i really am Almost curious to watch that it's not just a whole bunch more of humba jumba. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Of could, anything definitive, Josh is what I'd be looking for. Uh, you know, I don't know how much definitive we can get, um, but here's what I am looking for. You said vision. I kind of want to know: are are we looking at an entertainment district or are we not? Mm. Like, that's kind of all I'm looking for at this point. Like, give me an idea of what you want to push toward, and let's see how we can make it work. I think those expectations are too high. Evan Silverstein's coming up. Sports Center and traffic on the way. It's off the bench. Off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. We are at uh, Beer Lab, the uh, university tap room. We're getting ready for extra innings coming up in uh, just about half an hour. I can't wait for your final words, Hunter. Uh, that's coming up in about. They're coming. Uh, they're coming. I have a feeling I know where you're going with it. Just because we've had to pack in so much here in so little time, uh, right after that uh, that Net Sixers playoff game, that uh, we're leaving so much on the table here in this show. But uh, 
that coming up here in a little bit. All of our guests, when they appear, they do so courtesy of our hotline. Happy to have Evan Silverstein joining us. He is the uh, beach volleyball coach at the University of Hawaii. And uh, it's a huge weekend here for, uh, for UH and uh, also for beach volleyball in the Big West as the Big West Championship uh, will be taking place at Queens Beach. Uh, coach, I appreciate you giving us a little bit of time. Uh, for those that may be kind of, you know, walking around Waikiki tomorrow or they've got nothing to do on a Saturday and they want to go on by, give people an idea of what the atmosphere is going to be like tomorrow and Saturday uh, when the Big West Championship is going to be contested there on the beach. Yeah, hey, Josh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's going to be awesome down there. We have a six-court setup. Uh, and we play five flights at once, which means that there's five different matches going on. So if someone were to walk up, they're going to see five different matches of beach volleyball. Um, all the Big West teams here, there's seven total in our conference. Uh, we're the number one seed and certainly excited to go out there and play in front of our home fans and look to bring home the championship. So we have a great MC who helps people kind of understand a little bit of the format if they're not used to it. Um, and then they, they want to kind of, you know, kind of take a seat at the wall or maybe go for a swim in the ocean, depending on which court you want to kind of watch for a little bit. Um, you can move around the different areas of the beach, and it's just right there at walls, or we call it Queens, um, and it's just going to be awesome. So we would love to see people down there supporting it. Yeah, I mean, I walked by, I think, uh, a year or two ago, um, you know, just, uh, just kind of casually walking around and just walked by. I think it was just a – it wasn't a, the conference tournament, obviously, but – you know, it was it was interesting to me how how busy it gets, um, you know, and and it just it, it's like okay, I, I've I've got so many courts to watch here, and I don't even know which court to sit down and watch. But I see people sitting on the wall. Yeah. I see you know different action that I, I don't even know where to start. So give me a guide, like if it were you, coach, and you were deciding, okay, which court do I want to watch? Where's the best seat in the house? Where would that be? Well, I think everyone knows that over there on court one is going to be Brooke Van Sickle and Kaylee Glego. So that's probably a pretty good uh, starting point. Um, if you want to see some fireworks coming from them, that's great. It's a great spot that's over on the Diamond Head side of the wall. And it's an area that maybe you can get a little shade out of the tree, depending on the time of day. We'll be out there at 1145 tomorrow. So it's going to start to get warm a little bit in the afternoon. Um, but again, on Saturday morning at nine, you might be able to get a shadier spot in that moment. Um, you know, uh, Kylan Loker, Riley Wagner are going to be on the other side, on the inside, kind of on the ABC side. So you'll see them playing on court two. Um, then we have uh, Ilihia. Everybody likes to watch Ilihia and Jamie. They're on court three. Um, that's kind of a spot that you maybe want to get behind where the TV screen is. And then out there on court five is always a really interesting one. That's if you go for a swim in the ocean and you're kind of hanging out like just on the beach on the corner there. Uh, it's another great spot just to kind of cruise and get your beach chair and just kind of relax more old-fashioned old kind of beach volleyball just sitting right there on the beach. Coach, you mentioned jumping in the ocean. Is that a strategy for your players to cool off between uh, <laughs> between matches? Well, we use ice towels and okay. ice all over um, and things like that. So I think maybe at the end of the day, some of them will go. They usually won't go in between in the middle of the day, but it's kind of more when the day is over, they might take a – take a shower before they, you know, or I go, go jump in the ocean and go take a shower and hit the ice bath also. So a lot of ice and ice towels for us. There you go. Things cool. Stand socks uh, if you need as it kind of heats up. 
My other question, with, with it being in Waikiki and pretty much anybody can walk by, which I think it's an amazing environment for beach volleyball, maybe one of the best in the world, if, if I'm being honest, with Diamond Head right there. My question yeah. is heckling. Do, <laughs> do players ever have to deal with just random people walking by and saying nonsense? Because typically, you know, anybody can walk up and watch these matches. So it's both beautiful and also kind of a curse at the same time. I'm wondering if you guys have ever had to deal with that. Yeah, you know, um, generally people keep things pretty positive in our favor. There's definitely, it's beach volleyball has a history of some heckling if you've been around any of the California beaches. Um, we always trust Hawaii people to keep sportsmanship in mind. We have an announcer to kind of keep that piece in. But there's certainly entertaining moments where voices will come up and moments when they don't expect. Or there's great cheering and lots of, you know, chihus and other things that happen that they, it has kind of a factor in, in the game in some ways because it's kind of part of the energy uh, that happens down there. So, uh, yeah, it, we've had some interesting characters, let's say that, definitely down there um, have to come through. But we keep it pretty kind of um, safe in and around the playing area so all the student-athletes can feel really comfortable um, in their playing environment and just go ahead and do their thing on, on, on the court. Evan Silverstein joining us, University of Hawaii Beach volleyball coach uh, here on Off the Bench. So um, you were mentioning format. You've got a PA announcer there who's going to kind of remind people of how it goes throughout the uh, uh, throughout the weekend. It is a uh, double elimination format. So kind of give people an idea of how that's going to work. Um, you know, especially I mean, given that you you may you may lose, but that's not that's not all for you. Uh, you know, you still have life if you if you were to drop a flight. Totally. So, you know, we, we call them duels, right? So the yeah. duels, our situation is we're at the one. So it's a seven-team tournament, so we're coming in an advantage. One less game on the weekend is big down on Queens. All the things you're talking about at heat and all that, we don't have to play in the morning. We play our first game right there at 1145. Everyone else is going to be in their second by that time. So that's certainly to our advantage right away. Um, you know, our, our idea is to kind of win that one and then move on to Saturday morning right away into winner's finals. So, it, there's, you can definitely advance through a double elimination tournament with some real momentum. And because we have a one seed, we feel like we're coming in with momentum and we want to build on that and continue it as we go. But, yeah, it has been a situation. Uh, I think a couple of years ago we played into a double final um, at Long Beach against Cal Poly, in which case, say, we were in the finals. That starts up at 1.30. If, if we were to lose in the final, we had, you know, we had an otherwise loss if we had won the winner's bracket final. Whoever that was that took us would have to take us again, and that's sometimes maybe where that extra game really comes in, the one that they're playing uh, uh, tomorrow morning. So it, it's an old-school double elimination tournament. Uh, we've talked about maybe changing that format in some ways because it is really hard um, uh, on the athletes because it can get long in certain moments. Uh, again, the buy in our favor there and just our training, everything that we've done on the beach, um, everything we do with our trainers up at UH and, and the rigor of our schedule all in our favor to just go down there and play our best volleyball this weekend. Is is the uh, tournament to, here to stay at Queens Beach, or uh, do we know where it's going to be next year? Yeah, so it, we are on a quad, and we lost one year for COVID. Everything got delayed. So we held it five years ago down at Queens in 2018, which is actually the last time that we won the championship. We have three in a row that we won 16, 17, 18, and we've been runner-ups um, in 19, 21, and 22. So we're super hungry um, to kind of do it in, at home again, um, in front of everyone. Next year, it'll go back to, I think, CSUN hosted. Last year, they did that in Pepperdine. Uh, well, not in Pepperdine, at Zuma Beach. Uh, I think this oh. year, they might do it in Santa Monica. 
So either Santa Monica or Zuma for CSUN, and then it goes over to Huntington Beach where Long Beach hosts there. So if we have like a four, four different schools that host it, uh, and we move it around. Uh, so we get it, you know, we'll get it again, I guess, in 2027 or something like that. I was about to say, I, I've seen a couple of beach volleyball courts over at CSUN, um, right outside where the uh, the baseball field is, Matador Field. I was just thinking when totally. you said CSUN, there's no way they can have a, a Big West championship yeah. on just a couple of courts outside of baseball field. Uh, I, I'm glad you guys are talking about an, an actual beach. But uh, my last question for you, let, let's just talk about your group. I mean, you have a really interesting mix of – veteran leadership um you just had senior night uh on on sunday night uh televised and and, and against a, a good arizona squad you, you've got a great mix of veteran leadership and you've got some youngsters on and you got a, a number of youngsters as well um that mix is pretty interesting uh how you've been able to work with it and also be successful um with it going here into the big west championship yeah, it's it's neat to have the veteran leadership. It get, certainly gives options to do different things because of their tenacity, their know-how, just their experience to come through in big moments. There's a lot of trust um, in the athletes that have been around. Um, and some of the younger or, or less tested ones, it's nice sometimes to get them maybe next to somebody where they can gel and they feel a little more confident because they're next to some of that experience. Um, we've got some junior-senior combos. We've got some freshman-senior combos. Um, and, and all of them are playing good volleyball right now. And again, on a, on a five court duel, you know, you really want to, we want to get to the point where everybody's playing good on every court. Cause even if we don't win all those matches, it extends the matches. It gives us more time to focus on our coaching in those areas. So just the longer that duels go, if we're in a hard one, they tend to really favor, you know, the group that we have because they find ways to come through in key moments. So um, when we can win swiftly, that's great. Otherwise, we want to be able to really kind of extend it and put ourselves in extended scenarios where we know we can come through at the end of a set or force a tiebreaker and do the things that we need in those moments because we really just know the athletes can come through in those moments. Evan Silverstein, uh, beach volleyball coach at the University of Hawaii. Uh, coach, go get him this weekend, and uh, let's keep in touch after the Big West Championship and kind of update everybody on, uh, on how it went and what's next. Definitely. Thanks for having me on, Josh. Aloha, and uh, we'll see you guys down there at Queens. Uh, that's go get right. him, Coach. Queens Beach. Uh, again, like I said earlier, uh, there is probably no better setting for any Big West Championship. No disrespect to anything it's at, at Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center when it is sold out 10,300 strong. But maybe any sport. Uh, right. You You're can't on get the beach better. of Waikiki. Right. I have a song in my head now on, on the beach. Uh, oh, no, that's, that's a different song. There you but, go. Uh, I, I think you know what I'm thinking. I just yeah. can't get the line correct. But, uh, I mean, it's scenic. You can go walk across the street, go grab a Starbucks. Um, you can go walk across the street, go grab a burger. Um, you can go swimming. Uh, and then you can go walk down to Kapilani Park, get a breather, and then come back. I mean, the options are, are tremendous. The just, drone footage has to be incredible. Just make sure... And I know this because um, I easily tan. Really? Just, oh, yeah. I, I can get sunburned real easy. <laughs> I get sunburned. Don't talk to me about sunburn, I get sunburned really easy. I've been pro um, since second grade. <laughs> I get sunburned really easy. I mean, I was just in uh, my, my, the last baseball road trip we were at, which was at uh, Fullerton, because we were outside yeah. for three games. 
I came back and didn't realize, oh, I got like sunburn marks on my face yeah. uh, from being outside. So you can guarantee if I'm out there for any more than an hour, I will I will be burnt. So uh, wear your sunscreen. And if you're going to be around for more than a couple of hours, bring more sunscreen. And uh, and, and definitely uh, definitely keep yourself safe that way. Or a very big hat. As, that too. One of those uh, Eric Matthews specials with the the, the brim that goes the, all the way around. The, the gardening anti-hat. Whatever hat you please. Yeah. Just, you know, wear one and, and, and keep your skin safe. There we go. That's all. That's our uh, public service announcement uh, to you from us here at Off the Bench. All right. Uh, M. Dyer Global Scoreboard brought to you by M. Dyer Global. Uh, moving Hawaii into the future. Clippers' Suns have hit the half there in game number three. That series is even at one game apiece, and it is the Suns up by three, 54-51 at the break. Remember, no Paul George, no Kawhi Leonard uh, for the Los Angeles Clippers. 6.08 to go third quarter. Golden State down two games to none in their series with the Sacramento Kings, but up 67-56 there in the third uh, as uh, they are playing without Draymond Green. Due to his suspension, Steph Curry, 22 points, 7 of 14 shooting. Anthony Wiggins, uh, 18 points, 4 rebounds for him. And earlier tonight, Philadelphia with a 102-97 win in Brooklyn in Game 3. Sixers up three games to none in that series. Uh, they got a 25-point effort from Maxi Embiid. Did not score a bunch, played through foul trouble, 14 points, 10 rebounds for him. That's your M. Dyer Global scoreboard brought to you by M. Dyer Global. Always on the move. Final words before we get to X ratings with Rich Hill. That's coming up off the bench. ESPN Honolulu.